Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Today, I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 12, verses 34 through 35. And it says, Jesus said to the Pharisees, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Good people bring good things out of the good stored up in them. And evil people bring evil things out of the evil stored up in them. Meaning that what's inside of you, what you are filled with, is always going to spill. Today, I want to preach to you from this message or this subject that for some of us, it's a refresher course. For some of us, we've been lallygagging and holding back from actually diving fully into this. And for others, this is the first time that we hear it. But I want to talk to you from this idea, soul care, soul care. Come on, would you pray with me? Oh God, I pray, Lord. That as we begin to dive into the word today, as we begin to unpack, Lord God, what it is, the mysteries of who you are and how much healing you want to bring to us, Lord. Help us, Father God, to open our hearts, open our minds, Lord God, and take steps in action, Lord God, and begin to work, Father. Lord, I love you and I thank you for everything that you will do here today, Lord. I pray that you speak to us, speak through us, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord God. Amen and amen and amen. Here at Greater Church, uh, our vision is that we exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. And everything that you've seen and how we've shaped our church around has been under those four, uh, four banners. We want to help people to know God, have a relationship with God. We want them to find freedom. We want them to deal with their yesterday. We want them to discover their purpose. What is tomorrow going to look like? And how are you going to put your hands on it and maneuver and work your way through it? What has God placed inside of you? And then we actually want you to go and make a difference. Do something with everything that God has given you. We have this term. We want you to be filled so that you can be spared. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees in this moment and he begins with this thought that if you are a good person out of the good contents of what's inside of your heart it's going to spill out the same thing if you're an evil person what's inside of your heart is going to spill out for so long I think the church we've we've relegated Christianity to this good and bad scenario where good people do good things and bad people do bad things and we tell you read your Bible a whole lot and we tell you you make sure that you pray And if you have an issue, you need to pray more. And if you have an issue, you need to worship more. You need to come to church more. You need to give more. You need to do more. And we've relegated to these symptoms and we've addressed these symptoms without actually getting to the root of the problem. We've been very vocal. We've explained and we've taught around this idea that there is a root to the issues that's happening in our lives on a daily basis. The reason why you're angry is not just because you're a tough guy. It's because inside of you, there is roots of hurt that have created fear inside of you and you've masked that with anger and we've tried as much as we can the way that Jesus did. He never dealt with things on the surface level. He always went deeper and went to the heart of the matter. He always addressed the root of the matter and our hope and our desire is that we would do what Jesus did and we would be able to mine out and unroot some of the bitterness, the hurts, the pains, the things that have happened to you. We've kind of labeled this finding freedom. One of the tools that we believe that has helped us, I mean, immeasurably on our walk in my own personal life, in my wife's personal life, and in several of the leaders and different people who we have in our church is this idea or or this book that was written by Rob Reimer, a friend of ours called Soul Care. And in this book, he has seven different chapters where he breaks down these things, uh, these subjects that I believe that us as Christians, sometimes we hide away. 
And we, we, we kind of tell them, read your Bible more, pray more. No, no, no. You need to actually stop for a minute and you need to start dealing with some of the stuff and you need to start doing some of the work to be able to start getting some of this stuff out into the open. The Bible says that God is a light and in him there is no darkness. When we expose those dark areas of our life and we bring them to God, God begins to do the healing work. Rob Reimer in his book, he talks about it as if it's a suitcase. And inside of a suitcase, there's so many different articles of clothing. But then there might be a, a sock that you've been wearing for a long time and that junk stinks. And you don't know why. You open up your suitcase. It doesn't matter how many times you change the suitcase. It doesn't matter how much new clothes you put inside of it. If you still have that one sock in there, it's going to ruin everything about that whole suitcase. And our desire, our hope, the premise of what we're teaching today is for you to remove that sock out of there and be able to move into life without having the past pain of yes. Yesterday. Today, I want to break down some of these tools that I believe that he has given us in the book and several of them, like I said, we've talked about and hopefully you've been on the journey with us and you've heard us mention these. It might be a refresher, but for others, this is a freedom for you. Today can change everything about your life. Today, you can begin to take steps that are going to mark not only the trajectory of your own personal life, but today God will give you the healing that you need because when I said feed the people, you're like, I need to be fed myself today. I'm praying that you would receive the healing that you need, the appetite to be able to feed yourself so that you can go out and feed others. Today, the book begins and, and our subject matter, what we're talking about today, it begins with these seven different areas that we have to deal with. For us to live a big life, we have to find healing in these seven different areas. The first one is our own personal identity. Identity. It was a few weeks, oh my God, a few months ago. Um, I'm an avid mini golfer. You can ask my wife about me. I'm a pretty big deal. Um, I do this. Uh, but I decided, one of my friends, I'm a part of a pastor's network uh, called Next Level Leadership Network, and I've a uh, relational network, and I've spoken about it. And Sean Jazik from Thrive Chapel, great friend of ours. He's our leader, and he lives in Woodstock. And yo, time out, side note. Yo, shout out and happy anniversary to all of our friends at North Star Church right across the street, probably a block away from us. Today, they are celebrating 25 years of ministry. I love Mike Lynch, the entire team over at North Star. I just wanted to give him a shout out. 25 years of ministry. Yo, we're, we're turning the corner of that four year heading into the five years and it feels like we've been doing ministry for 50 years. I can't imagine what 25 years means like when you think of Ackworth and church, it is synonymous with North Star church, one of the most welcoming churches when we came to this area that blessed us financially, mentally, spiritually. Pastor Mike Lynch has sat with me time and time again, given me counsel, walked with me through some hard spaces, and I'm so grateful for North Star and all of the amazing work that they've done. Yo, jump on their page today on Facebook, on Instagram, and say congratulations to them. But Sean, we, we decided we're going to hang out together as pastors, and several guys flew in from different areas of the United States, and we were going to go golfing. And for the first time, I've never gone golfing. Like, I mean, real golfing. My wife played golf or she did golfing in, in, in college and supposedly she's a big deal. I never seen her because I whoop her at mini golf every time. But I decided, yo, I want to go. I want to try it for the first time. He's, I, 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 I get all excited about it. I don't go buy clothes like Jason Hodges, but I decide, you know, I'm going to wear my golf looking-ish type clothes. And I drive over there. When I pull up to the spot, I am looking at the GPS. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm responsible. I'm looking at the GPS. The GPS brings me and I pull to the right. When I pull to the light, to the right, there is a pool. By the way, this pool is a 
32-acre size pool. Insane. They have racquetball courts. They have all this stuff. And I'm driving through there, and I'm like, yo, I can't figure this thing out. And I'm trying to call Sean. He doesn't pick up the phone. So they were doing tea time, which, they, you know, they were practicing hitting a few balls before, and then they would go play golf. And so I'm looking for these guys. I end up going to one spot. I'm walking around, trying to call. I can't get a hold of nobody. By the end of it, it's been about 30 minutes now. And I go up to the main office, and I'm like, yo, can you explain to me, like, where's the golf? Because I'm trying to go to the golf. He's like, oh, you mean the golf that's across the street? Bro, I, I was like, so now I'm 15 minutes past tea time, meaning that they already went out there and they're starting to golf. And I remember that I drove. And when I pulled out of the parking lot, I see this huge sign that says golfing here. And I'm like, yo, what the heck, bro? When I pulled up, I was looking at the GPS and I turned to the right. If I would have just looked up for a moment, there was a huge sign that pointed to where everybody was at playing golf. It's crazy because that's what life looks like for a lot of us. End of the story. I didn't get to go play golf. I was embarrassed because I was late. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to deal with this stuff. But this is what our life looks like. We have these huge signs that are in front of us. And a lot of times, even when we talked about depression a couple of weeks ago, we talked about it that it's not a stigma. That, that, that having depression isn't this idea that you're like sick and you're bad and you, you, know, you have an illness. It's a signal. It's something that your body is telling you that there's something wrong. And what happens is that we have these huge signs sometimes. And if we don't look at them, we're going to bypass them. And we're going to continue to miss opportunity after opportunity and after opportunity. Our identity is rooted in Jesus Christ. For those of us who have called on the name of Jesus, we have an identity. We are sons and daughters. We are heirs and co-heirs. We are co-laborers with the gospel. We are children of the most high God. But what happens is that life begins to throw you circles curve balls and life hurts you in such a way so deeply that before you know it you start walking outside of your identity and you start living a life that you were not number one created for but you are not that thing because we begin to take and do things and begin to identify with those things because you lied you're a liar because you did drugs you're a drug addict because you cheated you're a cheater and we begin to take on all of these identities and we start walking in them when in reality you're none of those things the Bible says that you are the righteousness of God. And today, there's a sign that is in front of you that if you lift up your eyes, if you stop looking at yourself, if you stop looking at how messed up you are, if you stop looking at how many mistakes you are and you lift up your head, you will begin to see these signs. And there are some signs that tell you, hey, you're off kilter. Hey, you're off of your identity. Hey, you're walking in a totally different space than what you were created to. And today I'm going to just give you three because I want to fly through this. I don't know how I'm going to preach this entire message. We might have to do a part two next week. But your identity, there are three different things that when you notice them, self-awareness is a pathway to freedom. Rob Reimer says in his book, so meaning when you begin to look at yourself and understand where you are, that is the very beginning of your freedom. But you got to see these things. Number one, you got to notice when you start getting real defensive. When you start arguing about everything and every time that somebody says you got a rebuttal, you got something that's ready to come back. In fact, you're ready to get defensive even when somebody's not attacking you. You're ready to answer. And I didn't do that. And I didn't mean that. And when your boss says, hey, you know, I noticed that, you know, I, I was asking you to do these things and you did. Oh, but see, you didn't send me the email. Why didn't you send me the email? I would have known that if you would have done. And you're quick to defend yourself. Why would you not try this over the next few weeks? Try this. Stop defending yourself. Even when you're having a conversation with your husband or with your wife, sometimes it's quick to say, no, but you didn't. And I, you, and why wouldn't we not for a second 
Notice that and say, yo, why am I being so defensive? Stop for a moment and don't allow yourself to be defensive. Listen to what the person is saying, right or wrong. Your, the, the, the position of your identity is not defined by whether you made a mistake or you didn't. You are a child of the most high God. Has little to do with you, has nothing to do with you, and has everything to do with the sacrificial death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because of the blood of Jesus, he has made you a son or a daughter. You have found your position in the identity of Jesus, meaning we don't have to earn or work our way through that. So you don't have to fight yourself in your identity or fight with people in your identity. Well, I'm right. I'm, I'm a hard worker. I'm a, you don't have to prove any of those things. Stop defending yourself. Stop trying to fight back against people. In those moments where things like that happen, just begin to listen. Nine times out of 10, you will probably hear something that is going to make you better. But when you're off your identity, you start getting defensive and you start arguing with people and you start trying to prove your point and why you were right and they are wrong. Not only is it defensive that moves you out of your identity, but there's also pettiness. Pettiness is a real word and it's a real thing. Don't laugh. Look at me. Look at me. Because some of y'all, you know you're petty. I get petty. What happens with pettiness, let me break it down, not from the urban dictionary, but what happens in our soul when we become petty is that we start looking and we start getting irritated by the little things that people do. Now, because you have a performance, people-pleasing lie that you have established yourself, now all of a sudden when people don't work as hard, now all of a sudden you're mad at them and you're frustrated when you're mad. This person is lazy and now you're starting to get mad at them because they're lazy. You didn't make up your bed to your kids. You didn't wash the dishes. You didn't pick up this. And you, you notice that you're like getting angry angry about these things and these things are so small like they're in the big picture in the scope of things there's not a reason why you should get so angry about something so small but it's because inside of you you have removed yourself from your identity and now you're walking into something that's making you angry with other people you have to be careful because pettiness can be found in so many different shapes forms fashions you can do this without even knowing and you're getting mad about something that has nothing to do with anything but because you're off of your identity, you begin to be petty with people. Now you start to notice the little things inside of them. Not only is it defensiveness that moves you out and you're arguing with people trying to defend who you are and establish, I am this person. This is my identity. You don't have to prove your identity. Jesus already proved your identity. Not only are you petty now, now you're noticing people and it's starting. everything is starting to bother you. But then there's also these compulsive behaviors. And the compulsive behaviors is one of the telltale signs that you're out of your identity. You've, you've stepped outside of your identity. And here it is where you begin to do things out of a compulsive nature. And some of those things can be drugs and alcohol. And before you know it, you're mad and you're frustrated at the world. So you begin to drink. You begin to smoke. You take a car ride and slam the doors. For some of us, we physically injure others or we physically injure ourselves. And you start doing these compulsive things. You start bursting out and you start screaming because inside of you, there is a pain and there is a hurt. And you're living out of a false identity. You are not what that thing is. You are not the mistake that you made. You are not the argument that you're having. In those moments, you have to notice, yo, why did I just blow up? Why did I just snap right now? Why did I go absolutely insane? You have to see these things. Rob Reimer says, we cannot overcome that which we will not admit. Watch this. Light is a gift, light. Like when you turn on the lights, it's a gift. It's not an intrusion. And what you have to do is begin to say, why did I just blow up? Why did I just punch another hole in the wall? Why did I just grab that? Why did I just turn to that? Why did I just allow myself to go back to this thing when I promised I wouldn't do these things? What is happening inside of me? 
Yo, when these things begin to appear in your life, defensiveness, pettiness, compulsive behaviors, what, for you to be able to heal or move back into your identity and reposition yourself, number one, you have to identify them, see them for what they are. Yo, I got too defensive. Yo, I'm being petty about everything. I'm getting frustrated about everything. Why am I so mad? Let me take some time off and have a conversation with God. But number three, why am I blowing up? You need to identify these things. Once you identify these things, then you need to reposition yourself. And you need to understand my identity, the subject, the, the who I am was defined by Jesus. The, the person that I am is a child of God, not because I earned this, not because I stopped, not because I did, but because of him, because of the sacrificial death, burial and resurrection that he did and that he gave me the opportunity and access to have a relationship with God. My identity has already been solved. The issue and the issue of my value has been determined at the cross of Jesus. I'm already a child of God and you need to step back and you need to understand these things. Once you reposition yourself, you need to access the presence of God. There needs to be pockets of your life. Even when you're in the middle of being petty, even when you're in the middle of being defensive or even in the middle of compulsive, when you ready to blow up these are the moments where you need to backtrack for a second and you need to spend some time with God I need to be able to get and access his presence father you see me right now I just got defensive for no reason father you see me right now I just got mad and blew up for no reason father these little things are bothering me they're irking me the little things that my co-workers doing that my kids are doing that my husband that my wife is doing father I need you right now to come into my life Romans chapter 5 verse 5 it says that he would pour out his spirit into your hearts and in those moments, I, I declare this word. I access your presence. Romans 5, 5. Lord, I pray that you would pour your spirit into my heart. You need to write that verse down. That needs to be one that you meditate. Romans 5, 5. Pour it into me and then act in courage. You need to step out in courage. Meaning, sometimes you got to apologize. Hey, man, I'm sorry for being so defensive. Hey, I didn't mean to be so petty. Hey, I need to hold up that wall and patch that wall up, but I also need to patch up this relationship and I need to have a conversation with you. Hey, I apologize. And you need to act in courage. Don't act in pride, act in courage. Yo, I'm not defined by the mistakes that I made. I'm already forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now I just need to reconcile, reconcile with my brother or my sister. Number one, there is an identity that I think it's an issue. It's the root issue of some of the things that we need. If we're finding ourselves living a big life, if we want our souls to be healthy before God, we need to settle the issue of our identity. Number two, write this down. We have to settle the issue and we have to repent. Repentance. Repentance is a big word. For a lot of people who are church, um, have a church life and a church background, that word, <laughs> it means a lot of different things. Um, you gotta repent for everything. You repented for watching TV, for listening to everything you did. You were preached that so much that everything was sin and everything was wrong. And you every you walked, if you breathed the wrong way, you were like, I should have took a longer breath. And you, you were made to repent. And for some of us, we don't even understand what the word repentance means. That sounds like a certain fruit of the loom type vibe. But our hope, my desire today is that I want to show you that God wants you to turn from your sins. It's as if I'm walking towards the camera, just got real, real blurry right now. And then I turn and I begin to walk away from the camera. Sin is the camera. I'm not calling you sin. 
shoe fits where? I'm just kidding. But if I'm walking that way, I turn and I walk away. Not only is it a physical walking away, but it's a mindset. It's I don't want to do this anymore. I need to repent of my sins. And there are three different ways that God helps you. He gives you little nudges to get you back right because if you're walking away from him, he wants you to turn back around and walk towards him. Number one, it's conviction. That there is conviction that hits you. That the Holy Spirit, Jesus talking about him in John chapter 7, he begins to say that the Holy Spirit comes around you to bring conviction that there is this feeling that you're just like yo I shouldn't be doing this I know that I have better inside of me and conviction happens if you don't submit yourself to conviction and turn away from sin and begin to repent and turn away from sin then consequences begin to happen God will allow consequences to enter your life where things will begin to happen that you start thinking to yourself and I've been there man I can't even imagine how many times that something has happened in my life and I'm like, bro, I know I shouldn't have done this. This is the consequences or I sold, I put a seed into the ground and now I'm reaping the fruit of that. There is a consequence. And the reason why that consequence is allowed into your life is for you to turn away from your sin and for you to walk back towards God. And eventually, if you don't listen to conviction, if you don't listen to the consequences of God, then he brings discipline onto your life. And God is not a God that hates you. It is said in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, he doesn't discipline people who are not his children. If God God is disciplining you it's because he loves you and because you are a child I don't discipline everybody else's kids they make a mistake I might have a conversation with them but I discipline my kids because I love them I, I adore them but I want to teach them to be better God if he's disciplining you is because he wants you to turn from your ways and turn back to him not continue to move away from him not get mad and frustrated because I got I didn't get convicted I didn't answer to the consequences and I'm not answering to the discipline now you get farther and farther away from God all you have to do is turn back to God and repent have a conversation with him but then I believe what we leave off is James chapter 5 verse 16 a verse that you've heard me say time and time again. One that we believe in, but that we've actually set up an entire system around. James chapter 5, verse 16, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. That it's not just having a conversation with God and repenting of your sins, but you actually got to bring people along the journey with you so that they can know the issues, the things that you're dealing with to be able to help you so that you can walk this thing out together. He's called us the kingdom of God. It is all of us doing this thing together. Norman Grubb in his book, Continuous Revival, he says, openness before man is genuine proof of sincerity before God, this is who we serve, that if we're able to be open before God, but then we're able to turn to a few individuals and say, yo, I need to repent and I need to make a 180 turn. I'm having these issues. Can you help me? And you begin to walk away from them. Now you got people that will help you that when you begin to turn back, no, come on, you got to walk this way, Chino, and people that can begin to walk with you on this journey. I love the, 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 the system or the, the thing that we have created to be able to help you to do that because finding those people is not the easiest thing in the world. But we've created this space called G groups for you to be able to do that. It's in our men's group, in our women's, in our youth, in so many different little spaces that we've created with these G groups that individuals have been able to come out and say, I have an issue. I have a problem. 
I'm constantly walking away from God. And together we've been able to move in such a way together as a unit where we've been able to repent of those sins. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. But we've been able to get healthier and find true freedom because we've opened up our mouth. We've sown those seeds of I need help and people have come alongside of us and helped us. And there's several of you that are watching online, myself included, where people have been the genuine instrument that God has used for repentance to be real and genuine in our own personal life. Number one, there has to be an identity. You need to settle your identity. For you to find and live a big life, you need to reposition your identity and understand that you are a child of God. You need to repent. You need to move and turn away from your sins. The things and the sin that so easily besets you, the weight that you're carrying, you need to throw it at the feet of Jesus and walk away and turn towards Jesus. But number three, I think you need to break family sin patterns. You need to break family sin patterns. There's a difference between generational curses and family sin patterns. And I can explain that and we're going to take time. This uh, this soul care uh, kind of uh, message that I'm preaching today, I'm actually, during the year, I'm actually going to take a time and preach an entire series around it. And we're going to take one Sunday and we're going to break down each one of these. Today's I'm giving you, I'm giving you a Reader's Digest, a little bit of a potpourri. I'm giving you something to get your appetite wet so that you can go on Amazon or whatever you read books at, or if you listen to them on Audible or Scribd and begin to listen and read this book and start doing the work because it's bigger than just a 30, 45 minute preaching. But breaking family sin patterns. There are things in your life that are not just generational curses, but I believe that these are patterns that you've seen. Your great-great-grandfather used to drink and your grandfather saw the beers on the table and the liquor cabinet and he began to drink and then your dad, whether he said, I am going to drink because that's what everybody does in my family or I'm going to turn completely away from drinking. I hate drinking. I'm never going to do that. And instead of being an alcoholic, your dad has become a workaholic and now he's working from six o'clock in the morning till nine o'clock at night and he's coming home and the very same addictive nature that was found in the generations because it was shown to him now he begins to do it and now you starting to do it whether you pick up the alcohol whether you fight whether you cheat whether you lie whether you steal you're starting to do these things that you began to see in your life and I believe that God doesn't want you to live in that but that he wants you to break those generational curses but he also wants you to break those generational patterns there's sin patterns in your own personal life that you're starting to see because your family started to do those things and now you're walking in the very same steps I mean it's as easy as like when we were in school or even now you have friends of yours that you talk to and the more that you hang with somebody, you start noticing that you start adopting some of the language that they say, certain slang words or certain position or, or movements that they do. Or you begin to do those things inadvertently. You don't even notice that you're doing those things. And you're like, yo, why did I do that? I sound just like this person. The very same thing is done with your parents. For us, I have my kids and there's certain things that I'll say to my kids and I'll translate because my mom was Cuban. So she'll say things to me in Spanish, preparate. For those Hispanics that just heard that right now, your heart just dropped. You were like, what? Why'd you say that? Preparate. That word right there, it sounds like it's a demon. Like that word just means prepare yourself, meaning it's about to go down, my guy. Like this is not timeout generation. This was knockout generation. So when mom said, preparate, bro, you knew it. When you were at the store, your grandma's house or somebody, and she just looked over at you and just said, preparate. Bro, you knew you felt that right now. You know that you felt that right now. Put a heart in the in the in the texture or a little broken heart. You felt that. Like it's just like preparate. But now I tell my kids, I get mad at them and I'm like, prepare yourself. 
And it's like, are we finna fight? Like, what do you mean, dad? Like, why you, what? Prepare myself. Like, do I go to the room? Do I get clothes? What am I doing? And it just doesn't translate correctly. But it's funny because generational patterns affect you on a regular basis. Some things that you do, you don't even know that you're doing these things. And you're doing them because they were taught. And you inherited these things. And for you to actually step into the bigness of the life that God wants you to live, for you to find soul care, number one, you need to identify and you need to recognize that there are sin patterns in your life. You need to actually say, yo, there's some things that I do that I, now I, oh, my mom used to do that. Oh, my dad, my grandfather used to do that. I saw my uncles do that. And you need to begin, number one, to recognize those things. Self-awareness is the pathway to freedom. Oh, I just... I just spoke and I just blew up the very same way that they blew up. Grandfather was a boxer. I'm noticing that I'm being aggressive in the ways. My dad might have went completely a different way, but now I'm noticing that I'm fighting with everybody and that I'm arguing with everybody. And you need to understand those patterns and see those patterns in your life. Having conversations with parents or grandparents. For some of you, you got to have some conversations with God because that side of the, of the family doesn't exist anymore. Whether they are in another country or they passed away and you don't have access to this relationship with them, you need to start talking to God and telling him, Lord, what are some patterns in my life and things that I'm doing in my own personal life that are affecting me and removing my care, removing this big life that you have available for me? Number one, you got to recognize when those things happen and then, and then you, you can't compromise. You, you can't, there's no deals. Well, that's just who I am. Yo, no deals. That's not who you are. That's not who you were created to. That's just how I am. That's not who you are. You can't make deals or bargaining. Well, I'm not as bad as my dad. Well, I'm not as bad as... Yo, no deals. You have to deal with this thing. You have to see it for what it is. And you can't bargain with this thing. You can't play with a little bit of sin and kind of hold on to this family pattern, sin patterns, and say, well, this is, this is just part of our culture or who we are. That's not your culture. That's not who you are. You can't live or allow for your culture to dictate who you are. You are a child of the most high God. Inside of you, there's purpose destiny there are things inside of you that God has developed and that he continues to develop that your family culture cannot thorpe or sidetrack or remove from what God wants to develop in your life you need to cut those things off and you need to start walking in the purity and in the genuine soul care that God has created for you 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 have to be able to don't compromise but then also get some help James 5 16 confess your sins one to another that you may be healed that it's in the relationships that you find healing get some help g groups are that i'm that your friends people church having a life a community around you that can actually walk with you through certain things in life you need help to be able to break some of these generational sin patterns you have to deal severely with them this is one of the things that I had to do in my own personal life. I don't project this on people's lives. I don't tell them that they had to do it the way that I did. But I had to eliminate certain music. There's certain things that I won't watch. There's certain things that I can't be a part of or engage in. It might be beneficial for you. And it might be something that's permissible for you to do, but I just can't do it. And it's not that I'm religious or I'm legalistic or I'm like, oh, I'm this guy. And, you know, you... You got to be holy and everybody in the church needs to do what I do. No, I'm living and I'm walking a totally different life than what you're walking. Me and you are two totally different individuals. I have things inside of my past that if I opened up the book, you probably wouldn't come back to church. But there are things that I don't want to go back to that I have turned away from. And for me not to go back that way, it means I can't take that street anymore. I can't log on to that website anymore. I can't watch that. I can't listen to that when I'm by myself. And I have to deal severely. There's some things that you need to deal with severely. There's some people that you need to cut off. There's some things that you need to cut off. If you want to see your life get aligned and live a big life, have care for your soul and have a healthy soul, then you got to eliminate some of the family sin patterns and you need to deal with them severely. Not only do you deal with them severely, but you need to practice some spiritual disciplines. 
This is a perfect time for you to join us on this journey if you haven't been. Maybe you logged on or you've just been kind of on the fence about this whole Pray 21 deal. What does it even mean? It means that we're taking time to deny our flesh, our temporary, our mortal bodies, and we're acknowledging God. And we're eliminating food. We're eliminating certain things out of our life because we want to be able to spend time with God and we want God's best in our life. We want to be able to change. And you have to do some spiritual practices for you to start breaking some stuff off because acknowledging it, bringing people into your life and starving and severely severing it off and doing all of these things, those are great. That's you doing it under your own power. You need the power of God in your life to be able to break some of these things. Because even as you heard me, you're like, Chino, I tried. Have you tried fasting? Have you tried eliminating distractions, turning off the phone, turning off the TV, and spending some uninterrupted time with God? Not just a 30-minute gap or 15 minutes before you go to work, not just an hour, but have you ever thought about just, yo, on the weekend, babe, I'm going to I'm gonna just take 24 hours, and I'm just going to go, and I'm going to drive, and I'm just going to spend some time. I need to, I need, I'm going to get a book. I'm going to get some worship, and I'm going to plan this thing out. And, and I'm going to just go and I, I just need to spend time with God and access the presence of God. Watch as healing begins to happen. As these spiritual practices start to mine out the issues of your life and start severing some of the contracts that were established by your family. But some of the patterns that you actually seen that are actually happening in your own life. And then last one, you have to meditate on scripture. You need to get some verses that are going to come alongside of you and help you and walk with you while you're going through this change or you're caring for your soul. You're trying to live this big life. You need to be able to grab some scriptures that these are the scriptures that you hold on to. There's certain scriptures in my own personal life that I've shared with you that I had to grab in my life because I needed these. And whenever I had these issues, I would be able to claim these things, meditate on them and say, these things are true. They're real in my life and they have power to produce change inside of me. For some of you, your imagination goes wild and you need to bring those things and bring them subject unto God. And you need to be able to say, I'm not, I'm going to cast down every single imagination and I'm going to make it obedient to God. And you need to start grabbing scriptures that are going to be able to give you the tools that you need to find the freedom that you so desperately desire. We got to cut off generational family sin patterns. Not only do we have to get our identity right, we got to repent. We got to get our, our family sin patterns. And I, I think today I, I've given you enough information that I'm going to land the plane with this last one. And next week I'm going to pick up. We're going to do a soul care part two and I'm going to give you the last few of them. But you, you need to forgive others. For you to care for your soul, for you to actually find yourself in a space where you're healthy and where you're living a big life, you, you can't keep carrying what they did to you. You can't keep holding on to that everywhere that you go. That is little about what they did to you and so much about what you're allowing what they did to you to dictate your life. You're, you're giving them the steering wheel of your life. You're allowing them to take you wherever they want to. They still have power over you because you haven't severed that and asked or given them the forgiveness. And yo, this is not the easiest thing in the world. I can sit here and preach an entire service series, actually. I could write a book about it. And many have been written that are incredible. I think Rob Reimer does an incredible job of talking about how this affects you. What are some of the signals in your life that you're noticing, the signs that you're bypassing that are like, yo, because of the unforgiveness in my heart, that's why I do this. Today, some of you, this is the price of admission. There's some things that you have to forgive, some people that you have to forgive in your own life. Because if you forgive them, you will watch as you have this brand new, <gasps> what? I didn't even... I'm breathing better. I, I see things differently. And yo, I'm not saying that's the easiest thing in the world. 
I'm, I'm not dumb by a long stretch of the imagination. Forgiveness is one of the hardest things that you have to do. And I'm, I'm going to give you four quick things, five quick things that I think can help you to begin to take the steps to forgive people. Number one is that you need to remember God's grace. For those of you that have called on the name of Jesus, for those of you that you know who God is, you've just been figuring it out. There's so much grace that has been given to you. There's so many times that you knew that you shouldn't have made it this far. There's so many blessings and things that have come into your life that you know that you didn't deserve. But it was God's grace. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve any of those things. But he gave it to you and he gave it to you lavishly. You have a house. You have a family. You have finances. For some of us, man, you're, the breath that you breathe right now, you know that you shouldn't be here right now. You know that you shouldn't be alive right now. But yet you have these things and God has been so good to you because of his grace. You didn't deserve that. Trust me. Yo, there's not one person. And if you're watching online and you're a perfect person who has never sinned, we need to put you in a glass case at the Smithsonian. But all of us, if we're real, we don't got our teeth straight up in our mouth and we haven't gotten, you know, everything figured out. We've made some mistakes. And what we deserve is nowhere near what God has given us. And when you understand the grace of God in your life and what God has so beautifully done in your life, it helps you to see others and be able to say, yo, if God can forgive me for that, then I can forgive that person for this, number one, you need to recognize and you need to remember God's grace. A, a practical tool that I've used in my life when I've noticed that I'm getting irritated with people or somebody has done something to hurt me and produce things inside of me, spoken about me. I've come back around and I've heard people talk and all of these things. In those moments, instead of me getting, boy, I can't believe that person did, you know, that, that little circle and cycle that you do. I can't believe that person did that. Why did they say that? In that moment, whenever that happens, as soon as it happens, this is a tool that I've had in my life because I can't walk around with unforgiveness, not with the weight that I'm carrying, not with the things and the vision that God has put in my heart. I have to let those things go. But what I do in that moment, I begin to pray for them. And Father, I pray that you would bless them, Lord. I pray that you would provide for them. Show them that it was you, Lord God, that at the moment that they notice all these blessings on them, that they would open up their eyes and that they would see you, that they would repent of their sins, that they would come to you, Lord, and that they would walk with you the rest of their lives, Lord. I begin to pray blessings over them. Number three, you, you got to remember God's grace. You definitely pray for them, but you have to choose forgiveness. You, you, it's not a feeling. You can't feel your way into this thing. You actually have to just choose it in your mind. I choose to forgive this person. Husbands, wives, this, this is the way that we live on a daily basis with our spouses. We need to choose forgiveness before they ever say something to piss you off, before they say something to get you angry. I've already choose, I have already chosen to forgive you. Before it happens, I already forgive you. I already love you. I've already put it on the back burner even before you did it. And that's hard. But this is something that you can work with. This is something that you can work towards as you begin to care for your soul. You can start choosing forgiveness. I don't want to forgive them. I want to hit them with a two-piece and a biscuit. I want to take my car and, and praise the Lord. But I'm going to choose to forgive this person. It's a choice. And God, I'm doing this because of you. I don't know how. I don't know why. But God, I'm doing this because of you, Lord. I choose to forgive this person. For some of us, we have to process through forgiveness. It's not as easy as just saying these nice little cute things. I remember God's grace and I pray blessings over them and I choose it. No, for some of us, we need to process through it because for some of us, we just hit it. And we, I'm not going to talk about that. I don't want to think about that. What that person did to me sexually, mentally, spiritually, how that person took my finances, they took advantage of me. I don't want to, I don't even think about it. It pisses me off. No, you need to think about it. You need to take some time and you need to think about it. 
Whether you think about it on your own or you bring somebody on the journey with you and you have a conversation about it, you need to unpack that suitcase and you need to pull that sock out of that suitcase. You can't keep carrying. Don't let them dictate what you're going or where you're going. Don't let what they did mess you up in such a way that you're starting to eliminate and self-sabotage and hurt other people because of what they did. Break that chain. You have to break that chain. It's impossible for you to walk through life if you don't sit down and process it. Yo, that hurt. And for some of us, we got to grieve. That's crying. Jump on a treadmill. Go throw a rock. Punch a tree. Don't punch a tree. That hurts. Don't punch a tree. That's right. That hurts. But like, you just need to... You, you just need to grieve it, feel it, understand it, grieve it, process that thing. God, I'm, I, I hate this. I can't believe that they did that to me. And then you got to walk out of that space of grieving. You can't stay there because for some of us, we stay there way too long in the grieving process. Come back to God. Lord, I love you. And Lord, I, I break that. I, I don't want that. I don't want to walk with this. I don't want them to dictate my life anymore. So Lord, I, I sever that, that forgiveness. I break that contract. I give them forgiveness. I pray for them, Lord God. I remember your grace. I pray for them, Lord God. I bless them. But, but I need to set some real boundaries. And there, there needs to be some things that, you know, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily, uh, you know, forgiveness is easy. And it's, it's something that acquits them quick, fast, easy. Trust is something that needs to be earned back. So it doesn't necessarily mean I have to trust you. I have to be, oh, we're back to being friends. You know, we're like best friends again, all of this stuff. No, 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 no. You, you can set real boundaries. I can't allow for this to happen. That's not nothing bad. The Bible says Abraham went one way, Lot went the other way. Paul went one way and Barnabas went one way. But they didn't have ill feelings towards each other. That's where it's at where you begin to disqualify things in your own personal life because you will not forgive that person no you need to forgive that person but then you got to create some real boundaries i'm not giving you my bank account anymore like i'm not gonna sit there and we're not gonna drive to tennessee again together and just hang out and laugh like it's all kiki and fun and, and no 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 I've forgiven you. I've allowed for you to let go. But because of my love for you, because of my love for God, I got to create a little bit of a boundary between us. Doesn't mean I have to walk through life with you. Now, if that's a husband or a wife, bro, we're talking about something completely different. You have to work through things out and you need to have counselors in your life. I think that that works in something that's good. You need to bring people into your life where you can walk through it. You don't eliminate or sever a covenant that you've created with marriage because they've done things, you've forgiven them, and now you're like, no, no, no. I think you work through that. You build the trust back. You build the bond back. You build the forgiveness back. You got to work through these things. But there are other people in your life that you just, yo, I'm giving you permission mission i love you but god bless you bro i don't i can't be your friend on facebook because it keeps reminding me i don't want to work through any of these things i don't want to have to go through these things over and over again i forgive you i love you but i'm creating real boundaries trust and boundaries are huge and then you got to understand that there's a difference between forgiveness and trust you have to understand that but then the last one is that you got to remember that god is redemptive that god can redeem everything here's redemption I have a car, and for some of us, you know, a seasoned saints that you may have been uh, living for a long time. If you had a car in 1978, my mama had this this green Nova. Oh my God, I used to love that green Nova lid, and bro, I used to love that car. 1978 Nova, it was a green one. I loved it. And I remember that we used to drive everywhere with it. And I was like, this car sucks. It's old. We need to get a new car. I wanted a Toyota Corolla, <laughs> a Camry. Why we don't got a Camry? Like, I wanted one of these new cars. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it was funny because right now, if I take that very same car, my mom probably paid a couple grand for it. If I take that very same car, 78 Nova, and I, I, I restored it, I redeemed it, I restored it, 
I brought it back to its original. The more original pieces it has inside of it, the more that what cost $2,000 now costs $20,000, dollars $50,000 because time has gone on and it's been redeemed and it's so much been better. It's, it, it's worth so much more now. Can I tell you that that's what God does in our own personal life? Yo, there are pains, there are hurts, there are tortures that were created in our life. There were hurts, man. I mean, wounds that we carry around. Next week, I'm going to talk about it. Wounds that we carry around. That, yo, at that time, it hurt. But God can redeem it and bring something so beautiful out of it. You're looking at the redemptive process of God in front of you. An individual who made some really bad mistakes. I was hurt. I hurt. I did some things that I don't have no reason or right to be in front of you right now with this microphone, let alone helping you to get better or closer to God when I was so far away from God. But God redeemed me. He restored me. Now, the, the, the post-Chino is so much better and worth so much more than the previous Chino because God comes in and he applies his blood over the situation, over the pain, the hurt, the things that you can't forgive. God comes and he takes those things. And for so many people, a prime example is Joyce Myers, a person who was abused for so many years of her life sexually. And now because of the pain, she travels all over the world preaching the gospel of Jesus and bringing healing to so many individuals. Christine Kane, she didn't even know what her name was. She was sold. You had people that uh, their lives have been broken marginalized hurt in such a way but God will redeem it remember Romans chapter 8 verse 28 that he works all things together to those who love God and are called according to his purpose and he will take the hurt the pain that they created and God will make something beautiful out of it to bring healing unto other people this is the God that we serve that when we choose in our lives to forgive others and release it it just doesn't die there no God will use that pain and he will bring it to be able to bring healing to others Forgiveness, it's a tough subject. It's a big subject. But for some of us that are in this place right now, it's one that not only do we have to give, but before we ever give it, we need to receive it. And this is the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus, he shouldn't have forgave me. He shouldn't have forgave you. That we've made so many mistakes to hurt them, to hurt him. We told him, I'm never going to do that again. But yet we found ourselves right back in that same space again. I'm never going to follow. I'm never going to do. I'm never going to think. And we begin to put these bargains with God. And then we break his heart because we go and we do these things. Not once, but twice. But then we become a habit and it becomes our identity. And God is so big that Romans chapter 5 that says that in while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. At your worst, God was at his best. It's incredible to think. That no matter how much hurt you created, how much hurt you've given God, how many times you've turned your back on him, how many times you've walked away from him, that his arms are still open wide. And as the prodigal son, he runs towards you and he wraps his arms around you and he offers you forgiveness. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve the forgiveness. But how beautiful it is that we serve a God that gives it to us time and time again. And for some of us today, that, that forgiveness that we need it needs to produce salvation in us because we're so far from God. And we've done things, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, or maybe you were doing good and slowly but surely you've slipped away. Today, I believe that God, not only wants he, does he want to save you, but he wants to take the things in your heart 
that are hurting, that are painful, the things that you've made a mistake. He wants to forgive those things and move them to the side because there's purpose, there's destiny. You have a prophetic gift over your life. You have a healing gift over your life. There are things that God wants to do in and through you that you got to put this sin away. You got to repent. You got to deal with your identity. You got to break the family sin patterns. You have to forgive so that you can walk in the fullness of everything that God wants you to do. Regardless of your age, he's not done with you. Regardless of your past, how many mistakes you've made, he is not done with you. He wants to use you, but you got to give him access. Today, I want to give you an opportunity to give him access, whether you're receiving him for the first time or you're recommitting your life to Jesus. I want to help you with that. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you pray and you open up your mouth and you pray and you believe in your heart that God raised them from the dead. This is faith. I have the strongest power known to man. I got faith that is bubbling up inside of me. At that moment, you shall be saved. I, I want to help you with the prayer part. That's easy. The faith part, that's what you have to do. That's easy as well. It's just believing. So would you do me a favor all over this place? Would you, if you feel comfortable, bow your heads. If you're not, I hope you're not in a car, but if you're at home, would you bow your head for just a second? And would you pray this prayer with me? That you lived a sinless life. That you died for my sins. Three days later, you came back to life to offer me life. Lord, I receive it. And I give you my life. I give you my past. I give you my present. And I give you my future. Use me, Lord. Develop me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Use me, Jesus. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms.